BetOnline.ag is where it's at because it's not just the place where they give you a 50% sign-up bonus at using the code PODCAST1. They're also doing all kinds of other things, right? I mean, they've got a picks of the week. You can check out the scores at PodcastOneSportsNet.com. Hopefully you guys have already checked this out. It's like me going against Shaq and going against Chael Sonnen and going against uh, Adam Carolla and all these dudes. You should totally check it out over at PodcastOneSportsNet.com. Survivor Rob won the first week, which is embarrassing, I think. So you guys can actually see how I stack up because if I win – I actually get $500. I can give $100 to five of you. So check that out. And then you can also go ahead and you can bet on me if you want. BetOnline.ag. But go to PodcastOneSportsNet.com. And then if you want to just bet yourself, it's BetOnline.ag. And you get a 50% sign-up bonus today when you use the code PODCAST1. So we got... NFL football, we got college football, we got it all, and we got the best place for you guys to do it. It's a great time. If you've never tried it before, it's a great way time for you to check it out. BetOnline.ag. Use the code PODCAST1. It's time to eat. Get in my belly. Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Evan Silva. Me so hungry. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast Part 2, the show that's so nice. We do it twice. We record them back-to-back, but we post the Thursday nighter and the Sunday 1 p.m. Eastern games as soon as we're finished on Wednesday. Then we post this bad boy right after midnight on Thursday so your podcast apps don't go crazy. But we're trying to get you all the information we can as soon as possible, but we already have a huge Wednesday show, so we wanted to break it up a little bit for your consumption habits. We're presented by BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Just use the code PODCAST1 to get a 50% sign-up bonus today. Again, BetOnline.ag. He's Evan Silva. Evan, of course, the man over at RotoWorld.com. Check him out on Twitter, at Evan Silva. Like I do. I'm at Ross Tucker, NFL, the former NFL offensive lineman, 3 and 0. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In my, in our, not just my, you guys are in it. I guess what is it? 14 of you are in it. It's me, Evan, and 14 of you. So 14 of you are in our season long Yahoo League in which I am undefeated. And I like telling you about that. I also like Evan breaking down the games. Oh, I mentioned this yesterday. I'll mention it again tomorrow, Friday edition of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. I am announcing uh, the, the latest Madden winner. So make sure you're checking out. Make sure you enter to try to get the free Madden by just sending, taking advantage of any of our sponsors and rating and reviewing the show and emailing that to me, ross at rosstucker.com. But then listen to at least Friday's Picks Friday edition of the RTFP to see if you are a winner. Speaking of winners, you will be a winner in your fantasy league if you listen and take heart to what Evan has to say here in 
episode number two. Next meal. Next meal. All right, Evan, let's get it going. Episode two, the first late game, Seahawks at the Cardinals. Cardinals garbage. Yep, moving to Josh Rosen. Um, you know, people are asking me, do you think that uh, this is going to, like, you know, really help David Johnson or Larry Fitzgerald? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, Sam Bradford looked terrible in the first couple of games. Um, Josh Rosen really can't be worse, but there's a reason that they were not playing Josh Rosen. Not an indictment of Josh Rosen's talent, but they don't trust their pass protection. And, you know, that I get that because they have given up uh, one of the highest sack percentages in the NFL, seventh highest sack percentage in the NFL. And the Seahawks have really gotten their pass rush going uh, after a slow start in Denver. Uh, they, their pass rush has really come alive. Uh, so that is worrisome. Uh, for Josh Rosen, I, I really don't have you know anything positive to say about David Johnson. 14, 14, and 17 touches through two games or three games. That is low end RB two usage. Seahawks have been uh, good to above average in run defense. Um, Bobby Wagner is back healthy and dominating again. David Johnson is a low end RB two. I'm sorry, guys. You know I I drafted him too. Um, Larry Fitzgerald, uh, you know, again, low floor wide receiver three slash flex. He just has not been getting it done so far in this super dysfunctional offense. Christian Kirk did come alive last week, seven for 90 on eight targets. Um, you know, still don't want to start him in, in fantasy leagues, but, uh, you know, that that is a, a positive sign. It's good to be productive. Ricky Seals-Jones had a, a 35-yard touchdown just got wide open on a busted coverage early last game against the Bears. That was his only catch of the game. That seems like what he's that seems like what he is going to need to be productive in this offense to exploit busted coverages. Uh, that's not you know something that we can rely on week to week. I think that Russell Wilson heats up this Cardinals defense. Um, they have been uh, giving. They've given up the fifth most yards per pass attempt, eighth most completions of twenty plus yards. Russell Wilson, one of the best deep throwers in the NFL. Love that the Seahawks finally made a commitment to a running back. Chris Carson, thirty-four touches last week. The Cardinals, because they cannot sustain offensive drives, they have given up the most rushing attempts in the NFL. One hundred and six. That is fourteen more. Uh, than the second-place team. That bodes really, really well for Chris Carson to get another monster workload. Rashad Penny is just a handcuff uh, right now. Three touches last week. Chris Carson, I think, can be played with relative confidence as an RB2 uh, and has RB1 upside if they're going to continue to feed him as voluminously as they did last week. I think that the only receiver that we can look at right now on the Seahawks is Tyler Lockett in the slot. Um, and he has been very, very productive. Now the, the Cardinals have played good slot coverage. Buda Baker, I think is an emerging star, uh, in, in their secondary, but Tyler Lockett's seen a lot of air yards, seen a lot of targets scoring has that big playability. He is the guy that can rip that long touchdown against this Steve Wilkes de- defense that has been giving up big plays at a high rate. Um, so, and then, you know, Will Disley, he's just, he's splitting time with, with Nick Vanette. I mean, at the end of the day, that's what's happening. 
you know, maybe a guy will have a good game here. The other guy has a good game there. Not really stuff you can rely on. We can move on to the next one. Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. Curious to get your thoughts on that at Oakland. Well, it's a nice setup for Baker Mayfield because the Raiders have the least existent pass rush in the NFL, last in the NFL in sacks, last in the NFL in quarterback hits. Um, I think that this insertion of Baker Mayfield is going to spike the passing game production for everyone in the Browns' uh, passing game. Tyrod Taylor, you know, I just, I don't, I don't think that they, what they were doing was catering to his skill set, um, and it's going to be the Baker Mayfield show, and it just, there's going to be a lot more completions in the offense. There's going to be a lot more passing game efficiency. I think it really helps David and Joku. Um, Antonio Callaway is going to be able to rip big plays, especially against this defense, this Raiders defense that can't rush the passer and is going to give quarterbacks time. Baker Mayfield is going to have time to be able to drop back and find Antonio Callaway. And really, really when he stepped into the game last week, he had eyes for Jarvis Landry, targeted eight times, uh, by far most on the team. Uh, Jarvis Landry should really eat up this Raiders slot coverage. That's really the, the place to target the Raiders is in the slot. Their outside corners are pretty good, Gary on Conley and Rashawn Melvin. Um, at running back, Carlos Hyde, you know, the Raiders' de- run defense has been bad. Actually showed up last week in Miami, surprisingly, but over the course of the season has been bad. Uh, and Carlos Hyde, his volume has been good. Uh, so I think he is a strong RB2 play. Will Duke Johnson come alive? You know, he hasn't really been alive since Hugh Jackson has been the coach. I mean, he's had some, you know, moments uh, where he was productive, but He's got what, eight, six, and four touches, or six, six, and four touches. I'm sorry, six, five, and four touches through three games. Um, you know, I'll see it. I'll believe it when I see it. Nick Chubb has played 12 snaps through three games, and he can be dropped uh, unless you're just trying to handcuff a guy. Um, for the Raiders, Derek Carr has not been good in fantasy. Okay. Quarterback 27, quarterback 21, quarterback 18 on the week. Over his last 16 games, Derek Carr, 19 touchdowns and 18 interceptions, 6.9 yards per attempt, 242 yards per game. Not a fantasy play. Uh, Definitely not against this underrated Browns defense that has created a league-high 11 turnovers and is seventh in the NFL in sacks. Um, The Browns also have played really good run defense, um, have given up four rushing TDs uh, to opposing running backs, but holding them to 3.7 yards per carry and only 13 catches, eighth fewest in the league. What is most important for Marshawn Lynch, though, has proven to be just game script. Uh, and, you know, when the, the Raiders keep the game close, which they have for the last two weeks, he has been a 20-plus touch guy. In week one, when they got kind of trounced by the Rams, he was a, he was a 13-touch guy. I think that they can keep this game close. I mean, they're at home. It's still the Browns. You know, I think the Browns win, uh, but I think the, the Raiders can keep it close, and Marshawn Lynch can get another 17 to 21 touches. Uh, Amari Cooper got swallowed up last week by Xavier Howard. Uh, the beneficiary was Jordy Nelson in the slot, who just got wide open uh, repeatedly 
in the first quarter and particularly in the, in the first drive. Um, but I mean, the dolphins could not cover him in the slot. Uh, so I don't think that they're, they're going to move away from that. Uh, and I think that the better, the best place to attack the Browns is in the slot with, uh, you know, with, with, with those interior receivers. Cause Denzel Ward has been balling, uh, as a rookie, uh, these Ohio state rookies, man, especially Marshawn Lattimore last year, they could just jump right into the NFL and, and be and play really well. That's not that's pretty rare uh, for a rookie cornerback, uh, but I think that Denzel Ward is le- legitimately a tough matchup for Amari Cooper. Um, Jordy Nelson's still like a I would still consider him like a wide receiver four slash flex. Um, at tight end, I think the tight you know the most reliable member of the Raiders passing game, shockingly, Jared Cook. Uh, leads the team in targets, leads the team in receiving yards, leads the team in catches, leads the team in run zone targets, leads the team in targets inside the 10. Got tackled twice at the one-yard line last week. Actually had a touchdown pulled off the board. And then Marshawn Lynch scored uh, to to, uh, to seal that. The Browns have been better at, at uh, defending tight ends this year. They moved Jabril Peppers out of the free safety position. He's played well at strong safety. Uh, and they got Demarius Randall back there now in the deep middle. They have been better against tight ends, but that is rare usage for a tight end. Jared Cook, every week starter. We can move on to the next one. Next game, it is the Chargers hosting the Niners and C.J. Beathard. What does that mean for Niners skill guys? <sighs> not good, not good. And, you know, we can talk about how C.J. Beathard loves to check it down to running backs. Well, you know what? The 49ers running backs, you know, they don't really catch a whole lot of passes. Uh, you know, it might benefit Matt Breida a little bit, but he's not really a, a great pass catcher. They've been using Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, a lot in passing situations. Um, really want no part of any of the receivers. You know, it's very unfortunate. Just <clears throat> Pierre Garçon and Marquise Goodwin just really fall to the floor. They fall to pieces, man with C.J. Beathard at quarterback. Uh, George Kittle, who played with C.J. Beathard at Iowa, there's your, you know, the, the narrative that you can try to hang your hat on. Um, that didn't always work out last week. Uh, so it, put, it takes, you know, George Kittle from, like, an arguably, like, a top five tight end play, puts him into that, like, 10 to 14 range. Uh, and, and that's sad because it looked like George Kittle was, like, maybe going to be, like, a borderline league winner with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, on the other side, the Chargers, I, I think that they can light up this, this 49ers defense. Don't really see very much to be afraid of here. Um, Richard Sherman is out. He is he had played well for the Niners. So far, he broke up a potential long 49-yard touchdown bomb to Tyree Kill last week, uh, and before that, teams really were not targeting him. Uh, they were going after the other dude, Okello Witherspoon, on the other side. But I think that uh, Keenan Allen can have a good game in the slot against San Francisco. San Francisco has not been bringing a whole lot of pressure. Good game for uh, Phillip Rivers. Reuben Foster came back last week. I've never seen a linebacker miss more tackles than Reuben Foster did Um but, you know, he's shaking off rust, so I uh, can't blame him too much. But um, the, the 49ers have been just getting smashed by running backs in the passing game. And Melvin Gordon's passing 
game production is way up this year. So that bodes well for him. The struggles of the 49ers outside cornerbacks in combination with Richard Sherman's absence bodes well for Mike Williams. Mike Williams has gotten it going. I mean, he's playing real well, had an unbelievable touchdown catch deep down the middle last week, laid out for it, you know, took the punishment. I mean, he, he was in serious pain afterwards, uh, but he's, he's playing well. And once you earn Philip Rivers' trust, he will feed you. Uh, and so that really bodes well for Mike Williams. Opposite for Tyrell, uh, can't really use him in fantasy right now. I'm sure that he will mix in a few big plays, you know, over the course of the year. But best ball guy, unfortunately, I, I would look into dropping him in um, season long. Um, and then uh, Antonio Gates came alive a little bit last week. Uh, I think that he is at least in the conversation as a streamer, but. Uh, the other guys that we mentioned on, on the first podcast, I think, are better streamers this week. Austin Eckler is in play to some extent because of the 49ers' struggles in defending uh, receiving backs. Uh, but his, his usage has been kind of all over the map, uh, 10, 14, and 7 touches through three weeks. We can move on to the next one. Next one is Saints-Giants. Yeah, so uh, the Giants got it going last week, and you know that that was it was nice to see. Um, the critical change was that Eli Manning started getting the ball out. Two point four seconds time to release. That was tied for the fastest uh, release time in the NFL in Week Three. Uh, before that, he was at two point seven seconds, um, and I, you know, I've heard like Ron Jaworski. Uh, talk about it. 2.5 is really the magic number, but he was at 2.4 last week. So that you know, all, all that stuff makes a difference. And if he could continue to do that, we're going to get big games out of Odell Beckham. We're going to get big games out of Sterling Shepard. Evan Ingram is not playing, uh, so that helps the target shares of the other guys in the offense. But I like Eli Manning as a streamer this week, and, and another reason is because the Saints have not had any pass rush. I mean, uh, this is you know, they they uh, they gave up the quarterback two overall result to Matt Ryan. They gave up the quarterback one overall result to uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Twenty ninth in quarterback hits, twenty seventh in sacks. Um, Eli Manning is a streamer in week four. Saquon Barkley, 20, 25, and 22 touches through three games. Saints have been unbelievable in run defense, holding RBs to 2.7 yards per carry. Um, <clears throat> but they, you know, you can you can hurt them with a, a receiving back. Uh, we saw that last week from the Falcons running backs. They had five catches for 55 yards and a touchdown. And Saquon Barkley is going to get more targets than that. Uh, so I think that he can have a good all-purpose game. Saints have, you know, historically not been as productive in road games. But, you know, that has kind of faded uh, in recent years. And this game has shootout potential. And this team is going to need to score because their defense is just, you know, not showing up this year. And I think the Giants are going to be able to score against the Saints. 
Drew Brees has been the quarterback two, the quarterback 15, the quarterback one. Um, he's going to get protection. Uh, dating back to last January's playoffs, he's averaged 350 yards per game, 13 touchdowns, three interceptions, two more rushing scores. Um, the Giants are 31st in sacks. Drew Brees every week. Uh, quarterback one, Alvin Kamara, career highs in snaps, touches, targets, and catches last week against Atlanta. Giants have given up 130-plus rushing yards in two of their first three games. This will be Alvin Kamara's final game before Mark Ingram returns. I think they're going to stick with Alvin Kamara as their feature back, and I think they're going to need to because they're going to be playing from behind a lot more this year unless they somehow figure out how to turn their defense back around. Michael Thomas has caught 95% of his targets, set a league record for most catches in the first three weeks of a season. Uh, not afraid of Janoris Jenkins. You know, he, he's he's been hurt by Tavon Austin and DeAndre Hopkins last couple of weeks. Plus, Michael Thomas moves in the slot a lot. Um, we did see Cameron Meredith come in and score a touchdown last week. It was his only target, but that's a situation to monitor and add in uh, the deeper leagues. Played more than Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith still the Saints' fourth receiver. <laughs> Ted Ginn, since joining the Saints, has been much more productive in home games than on the road. Uh, this is not really a week to invest in him. Uh, ben Watson is mildly interesting uh, as a streamer. This week, uh, he's playing 72% of the Saints' offensive snaps. He's quietly third on the Saints in air yards behind Michael Thomas and Ted Ginn. Uh, Giants got hurt badly by the, the Texans' tight ends last week, 115 yards. You know, Some people probably haven't even heard of any of the Texans' tight ends. Are uh, five targets per game for Ben Watson. That's decent for a tight end. Jordan Reed is on by. This week, um, you know, so people need help. We can move on to the next one. Next one, Raven Steelers Sunday night, a good one. Yeah, um, <clears throat> this I was surprised to see the total on this game, fifty-one. Uh, I mean, I agree with it, but I just I thought they would have set it lower uh, to try to you know because when people think Steelers Ravens, uh, they think lower scoring games, but I think that this game can be a shootout for sure. Uh, we have seen the. Steelers offense really come to life after struggling in week one against Cleveland. Um, they lit up the Bucks. They lit up the Chiefs before that. You know, a lot of it was coming from behind, but that, you know that all that counts too. Uh, but Ben Roethlisberger, we know about his home splits, and I think the Ravens are, are vulnerable in pass coverage. Um, and then I went back and looked at all of his Ben's games uh, at home against the Ravens over the past few years. I mean, he has been unbelievable. 506 yards. This is the, this is the last three. 506 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. 279 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. 340 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Excited about Ben in week four. Uh, the, the Ravens have been really banged up up front. They were without Michael Pierce, their massive nose tackle due to a foot injury last week cj mosley due to a knee injury i'm not sure what those guys status are um but you know that that would bode well for james connor if, if they can't play uh i'm projecting james connor for 20 to 24 touches he's favored at home uh you know good run blocking uh, 
I think that he is an every week RB1. Ravens will be without Jimmy Smith, their stud, their top cornerback, for one more week. I uh, went back and looked at <clears throat> Antonio Brown's games when he has faced the Ravens without Jimmy Smith. Of course, he has lit it up. Last two, 11 catches for 213. One before that, 10 for 96 and a touchdown. Um, he's second in the league in targets, fifth in air yards, all systems go. He scored 30 of his 44 touchdowns over the past four years at home. That's almost 70%. And he will obviously be at home here. Juju Smith-Schuster is an every-week wide receiver one, even though he plays on a team where he's not even technically the number one receiver. You don't see that very often. Uh, he is playing 88% of his snaps in the slot. Tavon Young, Raven slot corner, has allowed eight of nine targets for 92 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Vance McDonald got it rolling last week. I think that he is uh, an attractive streamer against the Ravens. He's running more routes than Jesse James. When he's healthy, that's how it's going to be. On the other side, Joe Flacco, you know, the Steelers' defense is bad. I think that Joe Flacco is a legit streamer. John Brown uh, leads the NFL in air yards over the last two weeks. He is a wide receiver two in this game. Michael Crabtree is a wide receiver three. Um, and, and because they're not getting a whole lot from their tight ends, those guys' target shares are secure. Um I think Buck Allen is an RB2 slash flex. He has four carries inside the five compared to only one for Alex Collins. Alex Collins did get over 20 touches last week, so that's nice. Um, but, you know, Buck Allen is not going away. We can move on to the next one. Last one, Kansas City at Denver. Yeah, this is a shootout, man. This is a Monday night shootout. Um, the Broncos, I think, are a pass funnel. They've played great in run defense. But their outside cornerbacks can be exploited. We have Chris Conley now playing in the slot for the Chiefs. Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill are the outside receivers. Broncos have been getting smashed by tight ends. That bodes well for Travis Kelsey. Kareem Hunt, um, he has the toughest matchup, and he has not been catching passes. He, he really, until something changes, he's a touchdown-dependent RB2. I mean, that's just the, the fact of the matter based on his usage. Broncos on the other side, I think that Case Keenum, one of the best matchup-based streamer quarterback plays uh, in the league this week. Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders have great matchups against this terrible Chiefs secondary. Probably won't have Eric back, Eric Berry back again. Um, and the fact that you know they are not seeing a, a lot of work to their uh, tight ends also uh, bodes well for those wide receivers share of the targets. I I still think that Cortland Sutton, by the way, is going to have a blow-up game. It would not surprise me. Philip Lindsay comes back. I think that he will lead the team in touches as he had in the previous two games. Royce Freeman, touchdown dependent. And um, Devontae Booker just kind of you know stealing, siphoning snaps and touches from the other guys. Not Has no independent fantasy value, but he does hurt the other guys' usage. Evan, there is a reason you are the GOAT. It's because nobody, and I mean nobody, consumes as much information to be able to come up with the things you come up with each and every week. It is remarkable. So, so impressed always. Thank you for the knowledge you just dropped. And speaking of dropping knowledge, I'm about to drop some knowledge on you guys when it comes 
to getting tickets online. And it's very simple. It's the SeatGeek app. You know, sometimes getting tickets online, it's, it's a pain in the butt. There's all kinds of sites, all kinds of reliability. I don't even mess around with that. I just have the SeatGeek app on my phone because you are searching multiple ticket sites and grading every ticket based on value. So SeatGeek is like kayak. It pulls all the different ticket sites in. It serves you what the pricing is. And then it even tells you which one's the best value. Plus, every purchase, fully guaranteed. I have it on my phone. It's the easiest way i found to shop for tickets. It's how I get concert tickets. It's how I get p- tickets to plays with my wife in New York City. Here's the deal. You get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app. Enter promo code FEAST today. That's promo code FEAST for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life is an event. We have the tickets. It's like we have the beef. No, life's an event. We have the tickets. SeatGeek, it's awesome. You guys are awesome. Free Maddens are awesome. So make sure you take advantage of that opportunity. I think I have like 10 more giving them out on a weekly basis on Fridays on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. So certainly you want to do that. Just rate and review any of the shows, including this one, the Fantasy Feast, and take advantage of I mean, even if you just download the app, SeatGeek app, put in the code FEAST, and then send it to me with that put in, and the rating for the show, you're automatically entered to win the Madden. It's that simple. I think we're done here. I'm stuffed. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.